Welcome, welcome to the IBS Debate Series, Yarborough versus Anderson. We have Adam Yarborough, who wanted to do a debate, and we also have Greg Anderson, who has been begging for a debate for a very long time. So we are waiting for them to get on the air here and to call in. I'm not sure what's the holdup. They should have called in by now. But we are currently waiting on them. And while we do that, basically the rule is going to be very simple. They're going to have a certain amount of time, a minute, to answer the question, and then they're going to have time to rebut the question with 30 seconds, and we'll have about seven questions tonight. Looks like my computer wants to crash exactly when this debate starts, but we shall see. This is all dead air. I'm going to push this on the website, and hopefully we will see them call in just a few moments here. And you have to bear with me because my computer looks like it just crashed. It did. Let's see. Hopefully they've called in, but I can't see them because the thing crashed. Let's try it again. Lots of good things going on in IBN lately. We have Allison Wright of the Americans. If you love that show, that would be a good interview that I am taping with her Sunday. I have the author of, and I have to look up what his book is, but basically he did a book on all the high school players that have ever come out and gone straight to the NBA. It's a great book. It's exhaustive. He had unprecedented access to these people. And that interview will be taped on Tuesday. I'll probably get it up by Tuesday afternoon for you to listen to. Uh, I was talking Steve Zabin, radio host Steve Zabin, but I'm not quite sure how that worked. If he, um, I'm not quite sure if he'll end up interviewing with us because he never got back to me as initially saying that he would. So that one's kind of in the works. But I'm I'm working on more podcasts, more interviews. Let me put this up. We're waiting on Adam. Greg should have just called in. We know Adam has to work a little bit, so he's trying to do double duty here tonight. And let me put this on the page for everybody. Hopefully nobody will come in and Adam will be able to do this without any kind of hitch whatsoever. And we're still waiting on Greg to go to call in. So I'm excited about all the things going on in IBS and all the things going on in IBM. We've got a lot of growth, a lot of good guests. I'm going to put this on the, on the page now. Okay. I know Greg Anderson better. Call in all the trash he's been talking. He called in to talk about this debate. We had an interesting thing about LeBron and versus Kobe, and it's interesting because it's do you go – with your what you see on paper, which favors LeBron, or do you go with what you perceive to be the right answer, which is Kobe? And even as gosh, if I think if I was betting on my life, not necessarily a friends or anything like that, if I was betting my kids or my life, I'd go with Kobe over LeBron for a last second shot. And I think that might be the ultimate test, even though even though the facts or the situations tend to favor LeBron. So, I mean, yeah, they tend to favor LeBron. So, 
it's an interesting uh, way to look at it, and it's a good debate. But I think if we look at it, I think Kobe won in a blowout. Kobe won, gosh, we got 40 votes, 41, 42, 43, 44. Oh, my gosh. 44 to 9, 10, 11, 12. 44 to 12. Kobe won that by a blowout. Uh, I think we're still waiting on Adam. Greg, if you're on the line, just hold on. Just a second, Adam is finishing up with a guest. I think he was hoping that he wouldn't have to work or have anybody call him. And Adam put up a repost of the Drake and Odell Beckham posts. Hopefully he will be able to get on the line. Let's check with Greg really quickly. Or maybe it's Adam. 804-503, Greg or Adam? 804-503, are you there? I don't think he knows he's on the air, but I can hear him in the background. Let's see what we can do. Let's put him back on mute. Let's try it again. And try to tell him, sorry, we got some kinks, but it's kind of the the nature of it. Kind of the nature of these things sometimes. Let's see if we can get... Oh, okay. Sorry about that, Jimmy. That's someone listening, 503. He is not a participant in this particular debate. All right, coming at you, 678. Six, seven, eight. Hello? Greg or Adam? This is the PM, the great PM. What's up, PM? How are you today, man? Hey, man. Another day, another conquer. I hear you. We're waiting on Adam because he is at work, so we're trying to be patient with that. We're waiting on him to call in. Did you catch any of the uh, the Kobe thread, the Kobe versus LeBron thread for for shooting, no, the, uh, for uh, shooting the last second shot? No, what was that? Well, um, I mean, okay, I already have my own line. opinions, but what did it say? Gotcha. Game on the line, down one point, 24 seconds to go. You got to pick one of these two men with the ball at the top of the key. Who you got, Kobe or LeBron? Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. LeBron's yeah, going to pass that ball out. nine times out of ten. Well, LeBron might like, pass that ball. Even if he passes it, that counts. Like in this poll, it would count that he, as long as your team made the shot. But – LeBron, you know, you, you, Kobe won. So. I, I, I know this will come off as blasphemy, and I don't really mean it the way I'm going to say it, but it's going to still, people are going to be like, no. But sometimes LeBron has a, some Chris Webber in him in crutch times. Like he panics or he just doesn't do, like, the, the natural move. Like sometimes it feel like he does, he overdoes it to try to prove that, he has, that he's clutch, and then sometimes he just misses something. And then – other times, you know, he, he, he wins the game. I just think yeah, Kobe yeah, only has one thing on his mind. There are definitely I think times Kobe's, where my, Kobe's, Kobe's like, Kobe. I'll miss the shot. I'll do whatever it is, but I'm going to take it. He doesn't care. Like, he don't care if he misses it. So, like, I think LeBron does care if he misses the shot. LeBron cares what people think. Kobe doesn't, which I think helps a lot with the process. If you're already the bad guy, you can't be – nobody can make you – any worse than the bad guy. Yeah. You there, Adam? LeBron, I think Adam's ready for it now. I'm here. Can y'all, can y'all All right. hear me? Yeah, we were just getting, we, yeah, we were just recapping some of the stuff on the page while we waited on you. Jess, so we're officially starting the debate. Gentlemen, 
you will get a minute to respond to the first question. The person doing the rebuttal will have 30 seconds. Let me introduce you. First, we have Greg Anderson, better known as the PM and IBF. Yeah, that's and me. And then we have Adam Yarborough, Packer fan extraordinaire. I'm just shocked you said it right. I've heard it many times. I don't know why, but for some Kale Yarborough, I've just heard the name so many times. I don't know why, but it's not as odd. It's spelled different, it's though, man. It's spelled different. I did see I did see that. I did see that. I did, and I even spelled it right on the thing, which, you know, I had to go to your Facebook profile. But I try to do it right. Try to be fair to you. The first question is for you, Adam. Hold on, 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 hold on. What's that, Adam, sir? Go ahead and get the slander in, Greg. Go ahead. How does it feel to be in a room of greatness? <laughs> uh, considering I'm at work right now and I'm in here by myself, I mean, it feels pretty damn good. All right. Uh, you're but in I, the room I am used to it right now. I'm just, you know. Let's get to the debate. All right, Adam. At, considering what Aaron Rodgers uh, did last season, I know a lot of people blame the stagnation of the Packers offense on lacking Jordan, lacking Jordy Nelson, but if he is as great as people said, you would think that he could elevate the players around him. So that being said, and the slight slippage for him, is Aaron Rodgers as good as we think he is? All right, first of all, and I'm doing this completely off the top of my head because I have no access to Google, so that's just for Wallace there. Um if I remember correctly, he had 33 touchdowns to eight interceptions last year. Um, his completion percentage was lower than what it normally is, but still threw for over 4,000 yards, 33 and eight, if I'm not mistaken. Any quarterback short of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees would kill to have that season. And we're talking about is Aaron Rodgers that good when he had statistically a better season than 90% of the quarterbacks in the league. Now, any, any quarterback out there, if they lose their number one wide receiver, their numbers fall greatly. You know, Brady, when Gronk wasn't in the lineup, looked human. All right, so it's, I don't, it's not even a question. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league, and adjusting your game plan on the fly is going to hurt any quarterback. It doesn't matter who it is. Greg, your response, 30 seconds. Boo! That's all I got to say really about it. Actually, I could kind of agree. To say Aaron Rodgers is less than anybody else or um, in the league, he's actually up there. He's like number one, number two in the game. I'll give him that. But um, as far as a slippage, I won't really say he has any slippage. He plays the same way no matter who's there. And then he'll elevate somebody off the bench and make them look good. But – other than that, he's a bum, though. The Packers are a bum. Their whole family, the generation, they should just burn this whole city down. Nobody cares about Packers. Their national pastime is cheap. Time, time, time. Adam, I'm going to let you respond to that since he slandered your team and the whole city. That, there ain't nothing to slander. When you got 13 world championships in your sport, I mean, people are going to hate. That's a, I mean, that's yeah, That's when people weren't counting, man. Half the people there are blind or from West Virginia. And you know West Virginia people are semi-retarded. You're probably right on that. Good thing I'm not from West Virginia. All right, gentlemen, let's move to the next question. The next question will be for Greg, and Adam will get the 30 seconds to respond at the conclusion of Greg's answer. 
you believe, and you've said many times, that the Niners should have kept Alex Smith. How would that have changed anything about the mess that is currently the San Francisco 49ers franchise and organization? Um, Nothing, actually. The uh, only thing it would have done is possibly we would have won that Super Bowl, but the the mess that was going to happen was already coming to a head with the power struggle and the organization at the top between the Yorks, Balk, and Harbaugh. Um, I don't think that anything actually would have changed, but maybe a championship, um, but that would have not changed it. it. The championship actually probably would have sped up the dismissal order or the destruction of the whole team faster because at the end of the day, um, those three didn't get along and they all had three separate ideas. That's what's funny. Even York and Balk don't even agree on everything. So it's it's really messed up. So the 49er way is always going to be messed up until uh, DeBartolo with the last name DeBartolo is running the organization again. So that's what I think. I, I, I do think. That's the only thing I think about it. Your response, Adam. First of all, I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl. Um, I don't even know if they would have made it to the Super Bowl because if it wasn't for Kaepernick running all over the hell over Green Bay, I really don't think they would have beat Green Bay to begin with. Um, Alex Smith is a better passer than Colin Kaepernick, but, I mean, ideally that defense was going to carry that team. So I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl. Now, as far as the mess that's going on, it wouldn't have changed. As soon as Harbaugh decided he was going to leave, it was done. I mean, players didn't want to play, especially, uh, you know, under, God, I can't even remember his damn name, but, you know, bum that had like 10 janitorial jobs before he became a coach. Um, <laughs> nobody Sula. wanted to play underneath of him. Yeah, Tom Sula. Nobody wanted to play underneath of him. So, yeah, I mean, players retiring, that all that would have happened regardless if Alex Smith was there or not. Do you have a response hey. to that, Greg? Yes, I actually do have a response to that. Um, to be honest with you, as a Packer fan, you should know good and well Kaepernick gift-wrapped that, that, that game against y'all twice. He threw a pick to the same DB who dropped it where nobody was in that area. He won that game because y'all dropped the interception. That's the real reason why he won that game. And um, the last time I checked, Alex did go to um, the NFC Championship. And the last – I just watched the replay – of the Baltimore game, I suggest everybody rewatch it and look at how many timeouts and mismanagement of not reading and not knowing what to do that Kaepernick was doing that Alex would have just simply checked it down, yes, but it wouldn't have been as chaotic as it would have been. Okay, but are you going to dink and dunk all the way up the field the entire game? At least Kaepernick gave you a vertical threat. Okay, whatever. All right, next question. Number three, this one goes back towards Adam, is the lead. When evaluating a franchise quarterback, and this is a listener question, when evaluating a franchise quarterback, what attributes are most valuable to becoming a successful NFL quarterback? Definitely you want – my biggest thing would be accuracy, and I know you have to have a combination of arm strength and accuracy, otherwise you end up having, you know, a Chad Pennington or somebody like that, but – you got to be accurate with the ball. You can have the strongest arm in the world, but if you're overthrowing wide receivers, underthrowing them, if you're leading them too much, I mean, you can't you can't be a quarterback if you can't hit the target. And we've seen plenty of strong arm quarterbacks come out, such as Jamarcus Russell, for example, that could throw the ball 70 yards from a knee, but realistically, 
what does that do for you? Yes, it gives you the ability to throw back, you know, drop back and throw a 70-yard bomb. But if you don't have protection, you don't have time to do it anyway. And if you're not throwing it accurately, it's going to get picked off or be incomplete. So I would go with accuracy. It would be my main thing. Um, of course, you always want leadership attributes and whatnot as well. But you got to be an accurate thrower of the ball. That's the biggest thing. Greg? Oh, man. This guy is like a bottle of NyQuil. Listen, let me tell you something. The number one thing you need to have is moxie. That's the, the, the survive under pressure. The NFL is much more faster, and you got to think a lot faster on your on your toes. I agree. Accuracy means something, but all the great quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls in the last couple of years, from the Manning to the Roethlisberger, is what they did under pressure. If you can have all of that, but if you can't handle the pressure, you will fold in the NFL. But you know what? I don't really even blame you because you shouldn't even be on his phone. Because at the end of the day, I don't blame you. I blame your guidance counselor because she should have told you not to debate me. <laughs> you get to respond to that wonderful statement, Adam. I already told you I ain't getting my Trump on. There ain't no slander going on. But I will say uh, RG3 and Johnny Manziel had plenty of moxie coming out of college. And where the hell did that get them? But they can't handle the pressure. And I think RG3 is going to have a great year. I think he's going to be better. But they can't handle the pressure. All these quarterbacks that take all of these, if you get hit in the mouth and you get back up and you can throw a five-yard dart or a 15-yard post, that shows something. That's what makes Roethlisberger. That's what makes Eli. That's what even makes Brady, and I hate Brady. Those players, even Aaron, they handle the pressure. If you can't handle the pressure, I don't care what you have. All your attributes go out the door if you can't handle the pressure. Everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. All right, all right, let's move to the next question, just unless you have something else to add, Adam. No, I'm good. All right, this is going to you, Greg. What is more – this is another listener question. What is more important in today's NFL, a good pass rush or a good secondary? Uh, anybody who doesn't know anything about football, then they, then they don't even need to ask that question. The number one thing you need to have is pass rush. A pass rush makes every DB look ten times better. If that quarterback is running, he's second-guessing where he's throwing, he's not checking down, he's just throwing the ball, pass rush always. A dominant pass rush changes the whole game of football. If you can hit the quarterback and come after the quarterback, ask Tom Brady. That's the effect. When you can put a man on a man and keep hitting the quarterback, I don't care who they are, they will lose. And your DBs right, Adam, will look time. like time. Adam, got to get the time uh, a little bit. He's going to go over time. Go ahead, Adam. I have to agree with him. A good pass rush will make an average secondary look great. And, I mean, you look at Seattle and not taking away from their safety play, but I think Sherman's a little overrated, and they've had, what, Brandon Browner and some other bums across from him. But they've looked like all-stars and gotten paid heavy because they played on a team that was constantly rushing the passer and forcing teams to check down and, you know, basically getting smacked in the mouth. So you have a dominant pass rush. I mean, it's going to make a, an average secondary look great. You got it's kind of the Ray that. Lewis effect. It's kind of the Ray Lewis effect. Remember when he cried because he didn't have a big D tackle in front of him when uh, Tony and all of them retired? He was like, oh, yep. and then when they finally drafted him, he was like, yes, 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 because Ray looked ten times better with a big D line coming in, and all he has to do is make get break one block. A pass rush, D-line, that's what, that's what makes your day. 
Yep. All right, let's move to the next one. Number five, this question, another user question, and I want you to rank them. The best quarterbacks of the 90s, 90s only, in order, between Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, John Elway, of the 90s. This question goes to Adam first. Ranking, uh, Steve Young, Brett Favre, Elway, then Aikman. Um, First of all, Steve Young, in my opinion, is probably one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks that have played the game between a combination of running and throwing. Um, You look at Brett Favre, I mean, he never missed a game, led the team to a Super Bowl, almost won another one. Um, You look at Elway, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Elway fan, and I think that's been noted, but, you know, a lot of turnovers, and honestly, until they got a dominant running game, he really didn't, you know, win anything he made it there a lot but he always got his ass whooped and then finally Aikman you give any quarterback nowadays Emmitt Smith in his prime and Michael Irvin not to mention Havlicek and some other yeah is that right I don't know um but anyway the tight end yeah um but if you give any of them those three weapons to throw to or you know especially out the backfield with a dominant offensive line any quarterback, in my opinion, probably could have stepped in there and had just as much success as Aikman did. And you get to rebut, Greg. Wrong. Wrong wrong answer. Wrong answer. I like the fact that you ranked the Niner, and you know so much about the Niners because you're a secret Niner fan. But let's go like this. I'll say young number one. Number two, as much as I hate to say it, oh, my God, I hate to say it. But Elway, I mean, not Elway, I'm sorry, Aikman. Then number three, I would give uh, Favre, and then I would give Elway. The reason why I'll tell you this is because at the end of the day, I hated Aikman, but he was precise and accurate, and he did what he needed to do every time. Yes, he had a great offensive line, but he didn't miss at all. Very rarely did he miss. His completion percentage was off the charts, and he was a very and he could read the defense very, very well. So I, that's my rankings, and uh, that's where I see it. And Favre, you said Elway with turnovers. Favre is the turnover king. What are you talking about? He should just – somebody should stuff some cherry in him. Somebody should stuff a cherry in him because he's a cherry turnover or apple turnover. That's all he did. Favre was Three not touchdowns, that bad two. with interceptions in his prime. He threw a lot of them after 2000. If you look at his statistics in his prime, he was, uh, he was throwing for more yards. He was throwing for 30, 40 touchdowns. It was not he was not throwing nearly as many interceptions until later in his career. I had to beat you there, Greg. So uh, Adam, get his time. I'm the referee. You're all against the ropes. I had to let you break you up a little bit so y'all can fight again. All right. This question is going towards you, Greg. For this year coming up, which free agent signing will make the biggest impact for his new team? <laughs> we ain't signed any free agents, first of all. So, no, I don't have a real answer to that. What I will say is this: I think that as much as I hate Chip Kelly, um, I think that if he learned from what he shouldn't do in the Eagles, I think he would make a significant um, impact. And I also think uh, Davis and and um, Blaine coming back. Um, I think Blaine is going to have another good year. 
um, and golf is going to be a good player if we draft him. So we didn't sign any really big free agents. I do think uh, Drawn is going to be a good backup running back, too, out of Cleveland. He showed some promise last year. So they re-signed him. But we didn't sign anybody, really, man. You get a chance to rebut, Adam. Now, this was league-wide, not just your team, right? Yeah, it was which free – well, I'll read the question. Which free agent signing will make the biggest impact for his new team this year? So, I got just one question for you, Greg. How are you supposed to win a debate if you can't answer the question? All right. Uh, As far as league-wide, the biggest free agents, uh, it's a combination of two for Houston. Brock, if he can play with any kind of promise that he played with last year, combine that with a steady running game with Lamar Miller – I don't see a reason why that offense, especially with DeAndre Hopkins there already, can't be one of the best offenses in the league combined with the dominant defense and an improving division, but they should still be able to win nine, ten games and make it into the playoffs. Crack kills, first of all. Crack kills. If you think that Brock – I'm sorry, I did not hear the question, but if you think that Brock is going to be – no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you who has the best – all the free agents that went to Oakland, I hate the Raiders, but the Raiders are going to be very, very, very scary on defense. All, it is not going to even be close. You're going to see them being feared. All right. So, and once John, again, I still didn't answer ahead, the question. Adam. Go ahead, Adam. You can press him. Still, still didn't answer the question. What free agent? What free agent? That's all I'm asking. You want to know what free agent? Yeah. These. Who? These. You ain't set me up, man. You ain't set me up. <laughs> As in, my, what my kids say, as in these nuts. I believe he was looking for an individual free agent, but and I, I, I was looking for that as well. Let's go to the last question, and then I'll let you both have a closing, and Adam will give the closing first, and then uh, Greg will. But first, with one question. Rank these current NFL receivers. In order, based on your opinion, however you determine who's better, these three receivers, DeAndre Hopkins of Houston, Odell Beckham of the New York Giants, and Sammy Watkins of the Buffalo Bills. So rank them and tell me why. And this would be you, Adam. Odell, DeAndre, Sammy Watkins. Uh even though I don't think any one of the three are the best in the league. Um, But Odell Beckham, he can make the ridiculous catches. I mean, he flashes. He's got speed. He runs great routes. You know, somebody more accurate than Eli was passing to him, he might do a little bit better. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a hell of a year. But at the same time, you know, you need some kind of sustained success. And when you're the only option in the passing attack, you kind of get fed the ball a lot. And then Sammy Watkins, I mean, I think the kid's going to be good, but with it being injured and everything, I mean, it's really hard to tell, you know, how that's going to end up boiling out. So that's how I would go. Greg, your response. Between DeAndre Hopkins, Odell, and Sammy Watkins. Uh, will somebody give me some chlorophyll? Um, look, um, first of all, I just want to say like this. It's clearly Odell is number one. He's the most consistent, prolific guy there. Um, it's a toss-up between Hopkins and Watkins. I would kind of say Hopkins because I see him run a little different routes than what Watkins do. Uh, Watkins kind of is like, you know, the fly route guy. 
He tries to beat you deep a lot. I mean, I know Hopkins does, but Hopkins will kind of like go across the middle and stuff a little more. So that would be my thing. But um, Odell is – I think Odell is like ahead of both of those guys like in light years. I mean, I don't even think it's close with those two. I think Odell is way ahead of them. Any response to that, Adam? No. Oh, you can't respond. You said the same damn thing I just did. How am I going to respond? You can't respond. <laughs> my close, I'm sorry. My closing, uh, closing arguments, Adam. You are first. Your closing arguments are why you won the debate. Well, let's see. First of all, I know my voice may be a little boring to Mr. Uh, Mr. Greg over there, but I try to present the information. I try to actually present the facts, and I don't use a bunch of filler and a bunch of little off-key jokes to try to make my point. Um, I said from the start to RC that I wasn't going to get my Trump on during this debate, so I'll just go ahead and say you wanted facts, you wanted answers to the questions, you got it. That's all I can say. All right, now PM. Give us your the reason. Argument. The reason I won because I was debating somebody that sell they sell encyclopedias, and you know they don't do that anymore. So you need to find a new profession instead of debating me because I came with facts. It's just I have a more pizzazz to my facts. Yeah, you got me on one of them, but I'll tell you like this: you have you're dancing, but you got the wrong shoes in the wrong class. You're not on my league or my level. So I answered all the questions. And I gave accurate answers. And a lot of times it felt like you was just bandwagoning me. Like, oh, I agree. He's right. I agree. What He's are you right. About? You gave all the same I want you to do. All I want you to do is you go tell that Planters Peanut guy, Jay Holler, to bring his monkey ass on here and let's get it on. Because it's over for you. Because I don't care about any of this. You understand? You walk that aisle and you face me. I'm Dr. Death. I'm the person that puts you to sleep. It's straight quarantine around here. Do not come in the danger zone ever, ever again. <laughs> I don't even know. Gentlemen, I really appreciate, I don't know what I can add to that, and I'm rarely speechless. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining this debate. For the next hour, IBS will vote for the winner. Can't vote for yourselves, but the people that listen will get a chance to vote. So by 930, whatever it says, those should be the results. I really appreciate it. It takes a lot to get on here and challenge yourself to not know the questions. I do from pers- I know from personal experience it is not easy. So I really appreciate it, gentlemen. For the IBS Debate Series, this is R.C. Carlton signing off. <laughs>